Hello, everyone. Welcome to the weekly show of What is School for? My name is I. I'm the host of this weekly live streaming show. I hear an echo. Is that from me or from you? Hold on. Is it from me? Let me uh, put on this. I don't, I don't hear an echo. Okay. Hopefully, let me know everywhere if you hear an echo. Let me know in the comment section. So, welcome to our weekly live streaming show. What is school for? On this show, I interview leading education professionals, business leaders, teachers, parents, students, traditional and non-traditional students to come here to discuss, debate, and disrupt education. Our goal is to future-proof the next generation. You can also listen to the podcast on the traditional audio-only podcast. Just search "What is School for?" and you can listen to it on iTunes, Spotify, and different places. And today we are talking about a very interesting topic that I never actually discussed on this show over the last almost a year. So we're talking about how we can guide our children to live a life with no regrets as parents, teachers, education leaders, and even many of you are doing us live are also young people. This is also a great topic for you to learn more about how you can design your own life with no regrets. And you are going to uh, walk away from the, today's interview with a much better understanding of like the meaning and the function and the, the benefits of creating a bucket list and how to create one for yourself and how to dream big. And we're also going to discuss uh, Randy, uh, his uh, moral compass and how we can apply that to guide our life, to make big life decisions and how to live our life with no regrets. And uh, Dream My Life is my guest of honor. Uh, Randy Weiner, and uh, he's a full-time working professional, and uh, his specialty is in business develop development and sales, but he has a very interesting side hustle, and his own company is called No Life Regrets, and he has a quite incredible life, traveling all over the places, and fulfilling his bucket list, and his lovely wife's bucket list. Yeah, I was just like jealous while I was reading his background and to get ready for this interview. They have incredible lives. So really looking forward to learning more from them, from him, and how we can also have a life with no regrets. As always, the show is sponsored by StreamYard. And over the last four years, I have tried so many different third-party tools to, to go live on social media. StreamYard is my favorite. I have a discount code. If any of you is interested in checking this out, if you enjoy my show flow and layout and everything, definitely check out StreamYard. And we're live on Facebook, on LinkedIn, on YouTube, on Periscope, on Twitch. And quite a few of you are already here. So good to see you. And let me know in the comment section where you are joining us live from, social media-wise and geographically speaking. And Randy, without any further ado, welcome to the yeah. show. Thank you so much, Dr. I am just so thrilled to be with you today. I've been looking forward to this and very grateful to be on your show. Uh, of course, the honor is all mine and uh, really excited and can't wait to learn more about your journey. So do share with us, as I mentioned earlier, you have a full-time job and you are still working full-time yeah. and, uh, and you have this side hustle, which is so different from what you do as a professional. So what inspired you to start No Life Regrets? So share the story and inspiration behind this company with us. Yeah, of course. So, you know, I actually have been, whatever I'm sharing today, I've been living for the last 25 years. Um, you know, having a bucket list and living by my values. It's been, I've been doing that since the mid nineties. And so uh, last year, there was actually a really cool challenge on LinkedIn called 10 tips for 10 days. And it's about ordinary people challenging others to kind of share tips and tricks. And so someone challenged me and I'm very competitive and I'm like, I'm going to participate. And the idea is that you create a short video over a 10 day period. And so I was challenged at the end of day two and I'm like, okay, on day three, I want to create uh, create a, a video. And I, I was like, what am I most passionate about? And it's like bucket lists. 
So I created a short video on bucket listing and I got a lot of great response. And then the next video the next day was about how I live my life by my values. And I decided to come up with a name for that and I called it the moral compass. And then out of that, you know, I, I ended up getting into a flow zone and I started to really developing a methodology as part of this, this, this project. And, you know, I ended up showing people how they can uh, avoid a quarter-life crisis and handle a midlife crisis. And then also how to make big decisions in life um, using this moral compass. And the response was incredible. I mean, uh, from those eight videos, five started trending on LinkedIn and people all over the world were like reaching out saying, hey, this is really interesting. And so it ended up kind of, I realized it, it, it hit us, it hit a nerve, right? And so I decided that I want to um, take my passion and turn it into a pur purpose. So passion is about yourself. Purpose is about serving others. And so now I'm, I'm creating this platform where I can really try to help spread the word of living a life uh, based on your values. So that's how that got started. Wow, I, I like so many interesting points. And what did you say? Uh, passion is about yourself and purpose yes. is about serving others. others. Oh, wow, yes. that is so good. And so yes. true. I, I, I love it. I love it. That's probably how I discover you from some of those like really uh, very interesting videos. So I have never created a bucket list. And uh, yes. I, every year I kind of create, I know what I want, especially after I became an entrepreneur. And I create goals for my business. I, I rarely create a bucket list for myself. So, like, yeah. how long have you been creating this bucket list? And also share with us how has doing so like, changed or benefited your life? And you shared with me earlier, prior to us going live, that your wife also has her own bucket list. So, did you inspire your wife to create her own, or she is already into this when you guys got married? So, kind of share this with us. I'm really intrigued by this yes. bucket list idea. And everyone in the live audience, I'm curious. I want to ask you do you have a bucket list for yourself? If not, mm -hmm. I think you should take out a piece of paper and a pencil and join <laughs> us for like you know later and randy is going to coach us to share with us how we can actually create one for ourselves yeah so yes. go ahead and share your bucket list kind of journey with us yeah so um actually what i i'm originally from switzerland and i moved to the us in the mid 90s and i went to a bookstore once and i picked up this book it's out of print unfortunately it's called super self uh it has a kind of corny title but in it, um, the author, uh, Charles Givens, describes the concept of, of creating a bucket list and then also creating a, a list of life values. Mm -hmm. And so to me, that was like a, a perfect time for me to hear that message. So I, I, um, I took a piece of paper and a pen and I was living in Los Angeles at that time, actually in Santa Monica. And I went to the beach, sat on a bench with a piece of paper and a pen, and I started writing down my dreams. And here's my bucket list. So I started this, sorry, this is the, my moral compass. Here's my bucket list. I started this, you probably can't see it, but it's on September 29th, 1994. Oh my God. And so what I did is I, I wrote down, I put myself in a very important mindset, which is think, don't think about all the limitations in life. You have to have an abundance mindset when you create a bucket list. So Think about if you had all the time in the world, all the money in the world, you know, what would you do? What, what are the things that your, your heart desires? What would you want to do? And I just started writing. And the first thing I wrote down was swim with dolphins in Hawaii. And I ended up completing that 16 years later. And I still remember how it felt when I was snorkeling towards the, the dolphins. And then you first, you only hear them and then you see them. And it was just incredible. Um, and so what I do is I, uh, I write down, you know, I started writing this and uh, it's really cool because um, I, it's, it's like, as you can see, there's a lot of changes. So this is like your list and you can change it, you can update it, but I always add um, a date when I add a new dream and then also the date when I complete it. Oh and it, it's having, having that this really changed my life, Dr. I, it's really been incredible because 
what it does is it's, first of all, it, you do something that your heart truly desires. And I think later on, we're going to talk a little bit about regret, but I do think that, um, you know, if you, if you, if you don't follow your heart and fulfill your biggest dreams, you are going to end up having regrets. In fact, um, this is something my wife gave me. You can tell I love props, uh, but this is from a quote by um, John Barrymore, who's actually the grandfather of Drew Barrymore, the actress, right? And he said, a man is not old until regrets take the place of dreams. And I can attest to that. It's really important to follow your dreams. So I I ended up just being in this in this bucket list mode and, and I started... Um, you know, every year I would check off one list, uh, one, one dream of my list. And then I started to realize this is really, really cool. And my wife at the time, she wasn't really into bucket listing. And so, but she would tell me every so often, Ooh, I've always wanted to do that. I, I, that's a dream of mine. And so I ended up creating a bucket list secretly for her on the side without telling her. Oh and God. then I started fulfilling her dreams and pretty soon she started catching on. But now, of course, she's she's fully uh, part of this. In fact, those LinkedIn videos that I produced, you know, I, I was like 95 percent there. And then she would give me the remaining five percent to make it even better. So uh, so now she's she's definitely a believer. Wow, this is so powerful. So like how many I'm curious, like how many items have you actually created? on your bucket list over the last several decades and how many of them What's the percentage of them that have already been completed is that like a big like big book like how many books did you already have i i, I just have one book uh one binder so i wrote down um as of last year i had 45 dreams that i have fulfilled and i have 30 left to go wow that is so, so powerful i i think it give you a sense of like purpose, right? It like, really does. And that's that's what I meant. Like this is something I feel passionate about. And and the other thing too, my my most important dream now is actually helping others with their dreams. Mm -hmm. Because I feel like I've been so fortunate to to you know kind of uh find that book uh 25 years ago and, and reading it and 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 being inspired by it that I really want to help others. And actually that is an amazing uh, opportunity. I think personally, and I've seen this firsthand, if you make someone else's dream come true, it's like the biggest gift you can give them. And I can give you an example. So my mom, who still lives in that little village I grew up in in Switzerland, um, you know, she she turned 65 one year. And I said, Mom, you've been here in Switzerland all your life. You know, where would you like to go? We will, you know, my wife and I will take you anywhere you want to go. And so she thought about it for a minute. And she said, you know what? I would love to go to Vienna. And I said, well, why Vienna? And she's like, well, because every New Year's morning, I watch the um, the symphony, the Viennese symphony, play a concert, a New Year's concert in the Musikverein, which is one of the most beautiful concert halls in all of Europe. So I said, mom, we're going to make that happen. So we bought tickets. We we flew her to, to Vienna, uh, first time ever for her on a plane. And we ended up taking her um, to the Musikverein. And I just still remember walking up the stairs, the big staircase leading up to the concert hall. And I captured the moment when she first saw that beautiful uh, room, the concert room. And I will never forget that. But more importantly, she never forgot it. And she is so like, again, she's the most modest person in the world. Um, and she just, you know, she, 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 for her, this was so special and we ended up, um, unfortunately she got really, uh, sick last year. Um, she had a health scare and I was in the hospital with her and sure enough, she, uh, one day she told me, you know what, that when we went to Vienna, that was just so amazing. And I still, it still gives me strength to this day when I'm going through this uh, difficult time. Right. Um, yeah, I, I think when you think about life, it's now like I forgot the exact quote. It's not counted by like how many years you have lived, but like all those quality memories, quality experiences that we do remember makes every year very, very special. Yeah, I, lo I love it. And uh, uh, our friend uh, Pooja joined us live from India. Thank you so much. She said that she had already completed three items from her bucket list. Yeah. High five, Pooja. Yeah, now I, 
I said, think about it. I actually, I only have one thing. I think I really need to work on my bucket list because of why my dream was really quit my job, start my own business. And now I have it. I, I need to work more so on my personal life. So share with us, you know, in terms of bucket list, do you also recommend like young people to create? Like, is there, I don't know if this is a good question, an ideal age that people should start to get started thinking about things or it doesn't really matter? Yeah, so I think uh, first from an adult perspective, the way to do it is you you really uh, think about the dream categories you want to do. Like, do you have like a, a travel-related dream or a, or a, you know health-related dream? Uh, a young person I used to work with uh, one year, I inspired him to write a bucket list, and the first thing he did was uh, write down, "I want to run a marathon," and he ended up doing that. But he had to train, you know, for three months up to that, and. He sent me a photo of it. I was like, that he he ran the marathon, and that was so cool, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so he got it. He was at, a, at an age where 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 it was the right time for that message. I think when it comes to children, um, we I've actually interesting. Uh, the, I think the youngest person I taught how to do a bucket list, um, she was nine years old, and oh, wow. we we made we we went to Target. We we bought a, a special binder and and and, and stickers. We made it a, a really cool experience for her. And the first thing she wrote down was, I want to be a doctor. And I said, well, why do you want to be a doctor? And she said, I want to cure cancer, right? Mm -hmm. And so um, with children, with young children, what happens is they they have that limitless mindset that Mm -hmm. afterwards, unfortunately, as we get older and older, it becomes more limited. Right. Mm -hmm. And so for young, for for someone this young to say, I want to, I want to cure cancer, um, you know, for me, that that was just mind-blowing. Um, I've, I've worked with uh, high schoolers and, and middle schoolers as well. Um, and I think for them, you you've, you have to make sure it's interesting to keep their attention, but they also get it. Like, for instance, um, my wife and I actually would go to like boys and girls clubs, and these are like underprivileged children. And, you know, they're not used to to having anyone talk to them about their dreams. And so what I do is I... I show them my bucket list and we, we, we create a, uh, a bucket list for them, but I, I completely blow their minds when I show them this. And this is my vision board. Wow. Okay. So, and I'm not sure if you can see this, uh, but the, the, this is obviously a map of the world and the, the, the red pins are the places that I've been. And then the blue pins are the places on my bucket list. And all of a sudden these little kids, who you know are 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 they see that the whole world is is something that they can they can grasp and and they really get it and when i when i teach particularly with these children my goal is always to at least inspire one kid and um and i, I remember one time we had a really great session and i i saw one kid who said yes this was really great so i was happy but then 6 months later i found out that the um, this group ended up creating their own dream project for their families in in Latin America, right? And so that to me was like, oh my god, like this was like a spark, and they took it to the next level. So and and what I'm finding is that uh, the dreams that in in like young adults uh, have, like if they are underprivileged, it's more about helping others, helping their families, mm-hmm. and then when it's about uh, kids from more privileged circumstances. It's more about um, meeting a celebrity or driving in a in a fast car. So it's really interesting to see that that difference, right? Wow, that is really really interesting. I, I never thought about it. What what a really nice uh, distinction. Actually, uh, like I, I was uh, reading in your story, which has been featured in Success Company, which is uh, pretty good. So congratulations on that. Thank you. And I want I remember. There was a quote in the article that those kids said that nobody had ever uh, encouraged them to dream this big. Yeah. And I wonder if you can explain that. I think this can be applied. Even the students that I work with, you know, at Classroom Without Walls, like later we're going to talk about this. First off, they don't know their core values. And second, they, uh, their confidence is so low, right? As you mentioned earlier, I saw a great that as children grow older, I think as they become more educated, they become more limited, right? In terms yeah. of what can I accomplish? So it's really, really interesting. I wonder if you can kind of elaborate on that. The fact that nobody 
had ever encouraged them to dream big. So that that really caught my attention. Yeah, uh, because it's a it's a really interesting uh, important time in their lives, and I'm going to actually show you guys. Um, you know, I'll kind of illustrate this. So this is a um, kind of a zero to 80. So you see kind of the average lifespan of a person. Okay, so you start at age zero is when you're born and 80 is roughly when you die. Um, and so what happens is that, you know, children, they grow up, they, um, you know, they formative years, and then they go to, um, to school, to kindergarten. I'm just gonna adjust this lamp here a little bit. Um, they go to, there you go. They go to, to kindergarten, to, to, to school, and then high school, and then college. And then right around, let's say, age 20, right around here, they start working. And then everybody goes in the workforce until about 65, right? And so all this is work. And what, what ends up happening is that if, if, if a child is is here and they are not actually um aligned with with their values they're you know they, they don't think big and they just think like i have to go this path because this is the path society tells me to do this is the path my parents tell me to do um you know jay shetty who's one of my mentors he said you know like in in, in his household he had three choices for careers he can either be a doctor a lawyer or a failure, right? And that's really, that puts a lot of pressure on, on these children. So what I do is I basically go in and I inspire them to say, you know, if you don't want to be in this, in this, in on this path that the herd, you know, us people do, you think about becoming the captain of your own ship, right? Because what what happens a lot of times if is as even as adults, we kind of drift through life and we're we're just waiting for the current to take us. Um, but if you actually are um, designing your life, which is a term you used uh, earlier, Dr. I, which is perfect. If you start designing your life, you start realizing that there are so many other ways that you can live your life. And so not based on what society tells you to do, but, but something that is truly important to your own values. Uh, so powerful. Actually, that's a very important reason that I, I start this show is to really shift parents and students' perceptions that there are multiple ways to succeed in life. You know, yes. other than the, the traditional way, go to school and then like college eventually yeah. and then find a job. I absolutely want to disrupt that. Actually, my friend and I were actually writing a book, Skip the Degree, Save the Tuition. Even on this show, I interview so many high school dropouts, college dropouts. They have all become self-made millionaires. And guess what? All the master degrees, PhDs, lawyers are working for those people. So everything's possible. I love that. So as we're talking about values, right? I know like uh, for your work. Oh, by the way, before I dive into that and here, Pooja shared uh, really um, uh, three powerful questions from Mind Valley. I love Mind Valley. And she, I think those three questions are really good. What experience do I want to have in my life? And also give that designing principle, right? Give you more agency. The second one is how I want to grow in order to have them. I love that. And the last one is how I want to contribute to this world. I love those three powerful questions. Everyone, I think, should take a screenshot of that and try to answer those questions with their own children because many children, they are, their life is dictated by, you know, their school homework, getting an A and becoming a lawyer. I love how you said, Randy, lawyer, doctor or failure. Uh, yes. I feel like the reason I got a PhD was really to please my parents, you know, as a yeah. Asian family, like yeah. I have to, I didn't even think about it. I, of course I have to get the highest degree. If there's a degree post PhD, I will get that. But is this really what I want? So can you share with us? I know you have this really incredible work called Moral Compass. So can you share that with us and what it's about and uh, and uh, like how can we create our own? Yeah, and so the Moral Compass is really, um, you know, this tool that I developed last year from, uh, well, I developed it 25 years ago. 
but it's it's um, it, I call it the moral compass now. And what it is, it's a it's your top ten values in life, your most important values in life. Uh, and I'm going to show you my moral compass. And but before uh, before I I wanted to just quickly address what Pucha wrote. Uh, I'm actually I'm a member of uh, Mind Valley, and um, it's a great organization. And and I, I fully agree with 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 those three points. Um, so this is my uh, my my values list. And so what it is is, and I can show you this as well. So I wrote this down on November third, nineteen ninety five. Not sure if you can see this. And my top three values are spend as much time as I can with my wife, with my spouse, good health and happiness. And so what I do is I end up year after year, every year, I re-rank and reprioritize these values. And, and so it's like something that I can look back and I can throughout my life, I can see, okay, this is what was important to me at that point. And the, the most amazing thing is that the uh, the top three values that I've uh, created 25 years ago have never changed. Those top three have never changed. They've always been wow. um, been my top three. And and so what I do is I help others now uh, via uh, no life regrets. I help them create their own um, their own moral compass so that they can really get in touch with with how they are either aligned with their lives or misaligned. And if you think about it, you know, particularly now with COVID going on, there's a lot of a lot of people I think are getting a little bit of a wake up call, which normally you don't really get that. Like it's really only when you get that call from that doctor that no one wants to get mm -hmm. that you have some terrible disease and you hear people say, oh wow, now that really puts things in perspective. What the moral compass allows you to do is to get realigned with what's truly important without having to deal with this tragedy. Mm. Wow, I love that. So how do you, when you work with people, especially like young people, like how do yeah. you help them develop this uh, this moral compass? Is there like other questions you ask to get the, to guide them to think about this or like a specific uh, step or process that you follow? Can you share that with us? Yeah, yeah. So um, what it is, is I, I usually, particularly with the younger people, I think the youngest person I've done this exercise with was, was 19. Um, and so what we do is, you know, initially we, we just meet for 15 minutes and we, we talk, uh, just want to make sure there's, there's a fit. And then we schedule between 60 and 90 minutes to actually really go through, um, through that process of creating that list. And so I, you know, I, I give them my list. I share my list to kind of inspire them, you know, like families on their friendships, uh, et cetera. And then I ask them, you know, what are the most important things in your life? What's really, truly important to you? And then we, we create that, that list and then we rank it in order of priority. That's really important that it's by it's ranked so that, you know, uh, which are your most non-negotiables in life. And you know, I have a, an interesting story here with um, that 19-year-old, right? So um, he's actually, um, you know, reached out to me because a friend of his said, "Oh, you know, he really wants to. Th this guy, you should talk to this young man. He wants to go in sales." And so, mm -hmm. me being in sales myself, I'm like, "Okay, I love mentoring young salespeople," and I kind of put him through the ringer, asking him all the questions about sales, and he actually passed in flying colors. So he. You know, because sales is difficult. He 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 could deal with quota pressure and and the fact that you have to deal with rejection every day, and so no problem there. Um, and I said, that's fantastic. Let's let's start. Let me help you. I'll introduce you to some people. But you know, as part of this, let's also do a, a, a this moral compass exercise. And so we did that. And his number one priority was a relationship with God. And his number three value was helping others. And I said to him, look, I mean, you're going to go into sales. Um, you're going to make a lot of money um, if you're good at sales. But just know that money is not a value. Money is not going to make you happy. Um, money, you can, you can always make more money, but you cannot make more time. Mm -hmm. So think about how you want to spend your time and make sure that you even though you're going to work in sales, make sure that you also always keep that, 
that that relationship with God and with church. He was talking about how he actually wanted to become like a pastor and his parents talked him out of it because of the money thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can't make money being a pastor, right? And so I told him, I said, look, if you if you go down that sales that, you know, why call it one? Just make sure that you always keep that relationship with the church and with your values on the side. And so a few months later, I checked back in with him and he's like, Randy, I can't thank you enough. I have now, um, I'm st- I just started an undergrad in biblical studies and I am so happy. This is the path that I need to go, right? And so if we go back to this, to this, um, what, what I showed you earlier, right? So he was, he was at this exact moment here at, when he was 20 years old. And instead of going the, the, the way that his parents, his society told him to do, he decided to go a different way, right? And it may take him in a different direction. Uh, because the other thing that I'm, that I'm now seeing with a lot of people is if they don't, if this planning phase here, I'm going to actually use, uh, no, it's okay. Uh, if this planning phase, in, in, when people grow up, uh, puts them on the wrong path, you end up having some, some, some issues. You know, I'm going to use a different color here to make it. So right around between uh, 25 and 35 is now where what's called a, a quarter life crisis, where young adults are, they've done everything by the book. They have, they've gone to school, they have uh, gotten grades, they have great GPAs, they've done what everybody told them to do. And then they wake up one day and they're like, what, what am I doing? Is this all I'm supposed to do for the rest of my life? Because they they're starting to see that gonna, they, they, there's, they have like 30 more years of the same thing in front of them. And they get really upset, right? Because they are misaligned. Their values are telling them one thing, but they're, but, but, but society and, and culture and everybody is, is putting pressure for them to doing something that's completely different. And so I actually think that a lot of people who are, you know, um, dealing with, um, you know, uh, worries and, 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 and regret is because they are, they are not aligned with who they should be uh, based on their values. I, I can so relate. That's kind of my spiritual awakening. When I was yes. about 34-ish, and one day I was just asking myself, I was still a college professor at the time, I asked myself, I is this like, is this how I'm going to live the rest of my life? I could yeah. almost predict the next five years, the next 10 years until I die, you know, teaching similar classes, doing similar publications, going to similar conferences. I'm like, you know, holy cow, that is so, so scary. And thank God, I feel like we all have those moments. Yeah, women have those moments that are really here to wake up our soul, right? Most people's souls are asleep. So thank God I didn't take the wrong path, you know, medication, whatever. So I was actually going within to unpeel my own layers of onion. I was like, wow, there is something within me that is, you know, asking for a change. What is it? That was actually the triggering point for my prevention. Oh, my God. I can't tell you how Like you were talking about alignment. Now I feel like. It takes no energy for me to be me. I'm just me. Exactly. Whereas yeah. before, I had I had to take so much energy to be this socially constructed I. I don't even yeah. know who she was. Yeah. Now I just feel like so free, so aligned. Yeah, I love it. You're you're living your authentic life, right? And this is really what this is about. You're being being authentic. And by the way, you know, my hat is off of you because you clearly had a very prestigious. Um, position, being a professor, and you've decided to kind of leave that. And I'm sure uh, your colleagues are probably scratching their heads saying, what's Dr. I doing here? Um, right? Because Again, because the herd, right? And, and you're, you're like leaving the herd and they're like, wait, you're supposed to be in the herd. This is what everybody else is doing. Why are you out there now? But but you have to be out there, right? You have to, to, to be confident en- enough. You have to trust life. Um, that if you take a risk, that you that that you will learn. I, I mean, either way, you will learn. Either you're going to be successful, or even if you're not successful, you're gonna you're gonna learn from it and you can build on it. But the you know Mark Twain said very uh, 
intelligently years ago or whenever he said it, you know, at the end of your life, when you look back, you regret more the things that you didn't do than the things that you did do, right? And so, so that's exactly, that's why you took that, that risk to start your school. And guess what? Now you're impacting, you know, uh, uh, probably hundreds of, of children and you're, you're planting that seed. So what we're talking about these formative years when you can actually um, make sure someone goes on the right path, that's where you are, where, where Classroom Without Walls really comes in because you're teaching them the, the mindset and the, the soft uh, skills that, that generally are not taught in school. So I think that's that's fantastic. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, I, I so agree. And uh, another, by the way, I want to show uh, Pooja her uh, core values, transformation, happiness, self-love, growth, love, innovation, and diversity. Yes. Some good values. So one thing that is really important to me is courageous. You know, like I want to be a really courageous person and taking risks, that's very important to me. And uh, what my biggest takeaway from everything you shared so far, Randy, is really how important it is to make life decisions based on our values, right? When yes. you think about most young people, when you think about schooling, maybe Pooja can share this. And if we have, we have some moms here, share this with us. Like when you are like, or when you were a student, at least when I was making a decision to choose a major or career, I was looking at which career is going to generate like most respect and yeah. uh, like money and uh, or when I was choosing a major, my advisor would tell me, hey, I, you're really good at this or you're really bad at this. Forget about those careers. Those are really promising careers. Nobody ever asked me, hey, what are your core values, right? Let's make some big decisions based on the core values. Oh, yeah. And I wonder if you can elaborate this a bit more and share with us, maybe give us some examples and how we can apply this more compass to make big life, you know, career decisions. Yeah. So, um, and actually, you know, the other thing, since we're talking about children as well, is you can, you can, I think the most important thing we can do as, as, you know, as parents, as teachers, when we want to influence the younger generation is to really take the time to fully understand what their interests are. Mm -hmm. um, you know, Esther, um, Esther from uh, Washington X, she was on the previous one. I, I knew I was going to butcher her name, but she's the daughter who's, um, she's the mother of the, the lady who farted. Oh, uh, Esther Wojcicki. Yes. Her, that's right. By the way, I should check out that interview. It's a really great interview. She is. That was a great interview. Yeah. yeah. She's the mom of the CEO of YouTube and the mom exactly. of the yes. CEO of 23andMe and a doctor. And, she and has, a doctor. She's That's also right. actually a teacher. And many of her students are like Silicon Valley startup venture capitalists. Yeah. Amazing. Right. Yeah. And so, so her thing was find out what what they're interested in, find out their interests, and then build on that, right? And actually, if you if you know what your children are interested in, then you can also um, help them discover what their passion is, and you know, make it a fun experience like I did with with this nine year old to create a bucket list. Maybe you can create a bucket list, you know, as a family. Mm. Maybe you can create a moral compass as a family, right? Where where you where you start sharing your values. I mean. Um, on, on the bucket list, actually, I, you know, this is something I talk to everyone about until I'm green in the face. But I remember years ago, I went to um, uh, friends and, and I asked the mother, you know, what, what's on your bucket list? What's your biggest dream? She's like, I want to go to Tokyo. And, and the, um, the daughter, what's your biggest dream? Oh, I want to see the Cherry Blossom Festival. And I'm like, what do these two dreams have in common? They're both in Japan, right? So have you guys ever talked about this? And no, they hadn't, right? And, and but now they know they have two dreams that they can literally uh, combine and create a, a you know a, a special a meaningful experience for both of them. So I just wanted to throw that in that you can you know everything I'm 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 teaching today can be taught uh, to the young adults and and, and depending on their age they're going to really grasp it. Um, yeah, go ahead. To uh, totally, I, I so agree. I mean, because we homeschool our own children and. Uh, like talking about mindset, you know, working on their values is something that we do all the time. This my nine years old, the other day, he was working on a big challenge and he shared with me, mommy, if you put your mind into it, you can do anything. So I feel like children, they have lots of potential. I think I'm going to this weekend, we're going to get a, uh, get a big binder and with our children, 
what a great family activity, right? Like it create is. our family's core value, and so we can catch each other when anyone, you know, deviate from this, and also create our own bucket list as a family. Yes, I think that would be a great. It's something you can do, particularly now when we're in lockdown or, or you know, at home. It's a great activity, and it it also adds positivity, right? We need positivity right now, and so that's you know just kind of looking beyond the pandemic and everything. Um, I think is is going to be very inspiring for for everyone and kind of uplifting. Totally. Um, oh, I I love that. <laughs> you just give me an idea because right now I'm writing a book like sharing yeah. homeschooling ideas. So I'm going to add this right, and uh, if they want to make this fancy, they can also use some like graphic design, you know, Canva, some digital exactly, yeah, pictures to make this really like cool event. Oh, I love this. What a great project. And you can also incorporate geography, word history. Exactly, yes. All those things, project, I love it. Yeah, so earlier you were talking about, you know, like alignment, how important it is. And I also, yes. I, I actually watched quite a few videos that you did. Thank you. Talked a lot about misalignment. And uh, so share with us, what are some consequences or uh, when your life is really, misaligned how did that how does that manifest in life um so yeah i alluded earlier to it when when you know someone has a quarter life crisis um that's that's difficult but that's still they have the benefit of time right because they still have years to to change course but as you grow older as an adult when you end up having a midlife crisis which usually happens between you know like 45 and 55 roughly maybe a little bit later for some people um that's when it becomes difficult right and so that's when you um start realizing that oh you know i may not have that much time so mm -hmm. what what i do with the younger people the ones who still have time i i help them uh predict future regret and so there's a there's a, an exercise that I do with them where we actually look at based on their moral compass what are the things that they're gonna regret the most if they don't do if at least they don't plan to do it mm -hmm. because uh, Tony Robbins once said you know um, or maybe it was Jim Rohn who said discipline weighs an ounce but regret weighs a ton right because mm -hmm. regret is just awful nobody wants to have regrets so I'm doing everything in my power to help people not have it. So when you have someone who is, um, if you are able to predict re regrets for them, you know, like you, you kind of did that for yourself when you saw like if you were to just stay professor for five years, 10 years, you would stay around those same circles. You would stay in that comfort zone. Um, the problem is nothing super exciting normally happens in the, in the comfort zone. It's, it's outside the comfort zone where the real growth happens, right? And so a lot of people are afraid. So when they when they are in these in these circumstances, you know, the, the goal of the moral compass is really to help them get back to where they need to be. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and, and and you can make major life decisions with that as well. So for instance, I had a, a client who was uh, she lived in uh, Vancouver, and for a year she was vacillating if she should move to New York or Montreal. Like literally for a year, should I go New York or Montreal? Montreal or New York? And so we, uh, I spoke to her and we ended up um, over the course of creating a moral compass together, uh, we ended up um, comparing the two scenarios using the moral compass. So first we did the top, top 10 values for her. We prioritized them. And then um, she, we, we, we did a side-by-side -side comparison. So if she were to uh, move to New York, how aligned would she be with her values? Versus if she moved to Montreal, right, mm -hmm. how aligned would she be there? And just as we were whiteboarding this out, I mean, I could just see the aha moment. She was like, oh, my God, it is crystal clear. It's Montreal all the way. Because four out of her five top values were aligned with Montreal, whereas mm -hmm. New York, only two of their five, right? Yeah. And so, and so we go through that. And, and she was able, she wrote me the, the greatest thank you note. Um, and there's a video testimonial as well on my site. But um, the, the best part was that about three weeks ago, I kind of checked in with her and she's like, you know, I moved to Montreal. I am so happy. I'm living in the French speaking part now and I'm actually learning French. So, you know, it's it's so that's that's where you can literally make sure that someone doesn't get misaligned 
Um, because again, she may have made a decision to go to New York because of societal pressure or because of other reasons that were not in tune with, with, with who she was inside. And you, you said it best in one of your videos is that success happens from the inside out. Mm -hmm. Right. And so that's what the moral compass is all about. It leverages the, the heart brain of the three brains, right. That we're really are seeing our dreams, our visions for the future. And that's, that's what that leverages. Oh, I, I love that. I definitely want to go back to societal pressure because we have a great comment from Pooja, but I also want to share my screen real quick because I love yes. to talk about, you know, kind of magic happens outside the comfort zone. And this is, hold on, let me close this. Um, so this is indeed what you were talking about, Randy, right? From comfort zone yes. and you you just have to go through fear and learning and eventually to grow, but you yes. can't get to grow without the fear and leaving the comfort zone. So it is absolutely so true. And I want to talk about, you know, societal pressure. This has come up a lot in my own yeah. journey of working with the students and, uh, and even myself. So, uh, Pooja is pretty mentioning that she's really thankful to the founder of Mind Valley, and she now has finally discovered who she is, her core values. But then there is reality, right? When you go back to school, when you start talking with your parents, your friends, your old network, and everyone's like, they they expect a different version of you. But that is not yeah. your own identity, and there's societal pressure, right? Like if you are like. A school age kid, you're supposed to go to school. If you don't, like people look at you like differently. Like even for me, when I resigned, I was like kind of almost 40. I was still lost out the societal pressure. I didn't even tell my parents until this year, much later. And uh, I was even bullied by my friends uh, in higher education. Yeah. Right? My professor, oh, yeah. like, who are you? It was like all those things. It's much easier for me to handle the societal pressure than for the young children. So I wonder if you can share with like our audience, like after they discover their core value, they have this more compass, like this is my life. I'm going to design my life this way. Boom, they hit reality, right? Like, no, my parents want me to do this or my school is asking me to do this and this is my reality. So how can you reconcile this dissonance? So, yeah, I mean, that's a really good question. And the way that I, um, I think about it is that it's one thing to, um, to know your values, to know your moral compass, but it's actually more important to live by your values. Mm -hmm. And so the best way to do it is that you, uh, you start creating habits around your core values. Mm -hmm. um, and so there's like soft values, like, you know, love and, and, and compassion. And then there's the more hard values, which are like, uh, if someone wants to be more disciplined or if if someone has um, wants to really be creative. So you can actually start building habits around that and you can challenge yourself to do that. But you're absolutely right. I mean, it's 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 hard. And I mean, one of the, the great benefits of social media is that you can, you know, as an entrepreneur, you, you have the whole world at your fingertips if you want to build your business. Um, unfortunately, if you know everything in moderation and for people who are using social media too much um they have this uh, this called term called fomo right fear of missing out they are being bombarded with all these photos of the celebrities and the uh, and, and her their friends who seem to have these perfect lives yet they feel like inadequate and so the problem is that instead of having um uh, something that is built on self-esteem, where you actually are assured of yourself, of your choices, and you're willing to learn, uh, and you compare yourself only to yourself, they have more an ego-driven approach, which is based on, you know, I, I'm, I have to compare myself to others. Mm -hmm. And so this, this whole, um, this complete and other um, comparison disease that we have that, you know, it, it, it's really difficult for, for young people. And so, you know, I think when you look at, at it from a psychology perspective, and Brene Brown touched on that in, a, in one of her TED Talks, uh, when she said, you know, like most, most people, the, the reasons why they're unhappy is because they have the underlying feeling that they're, I'm not enough. I'm not rich enough. I'm not tall enough. I'm not uh, beautiful enough, right? And, and so social media has, in, in, in some ways, amplified that. So I think... Another great uh, 
thing that we need to do as adults when we when we teach children is to really tell them to only they can only really compare themselves to themselves. I mean, that's the really only the only way we can we can we can live. Um, you know, Matthew McConaughey a few years ago when he did an uh, uh, an acceptance speech when he won uh, an Oscar. He, he was asked who was his hero. And he said, my, my hero is myself 10 years from now. Oh, yeah, then, right? That. You yeah. remember that. And at first I thought, yeah, the guy's kind of arrogant, but it's really true. Like, this is how you should think about this. Because the other thing too, is like, it, you don't know what you are going to be five years from now. So this, this whole, um, you know, if people don't have an abundance mindset and only kind of look at their current state, they won't see their own potential in the future, right? If someone had told you, Dr. I, you know, five years ago that you're going to be uh, leading this, you're going to have your cat, you know, uh, come in uh, for your live stream, you're going to be interviewing Seth Godin, uh, you're going to create your own school internationally, you would have been like, are you crazy? No way I can do it, right? But but you did it. And so the, the idea is that when you when you actually teach children and young adults of an abundance mindset that that they will actually be able to make it happen. And you know the other thing too that I wanted to to mention um, that when I was thinking about you know talking to you, I think every educator ever in the history on a planet has watched Dr. Ken Robinson's famous mm -hmm. TED talk, which has been viewed 68 million times, you know, do schools kill creativity. And it's a great talk. If you haven't seen it, I highly recommend it because uh, not only is it great content, but he also has a great sense of humor. Um, but for me personally, my, uh, you know, my favorite part of the talk was when he was telling the story about uh, a friend of his, uh, Jillian Lin, who was quite famous. And he, he went to lunch with her and uh, he's like, hey, how did you get started? How did you become who you are today? And she said, to, you know, that in when in, she grew up in the 30s and she was as a child, she was very active and she had she was always like fidgeting around, could never sit still. And so uh, still so the doctor and the teacher were really worried. They thought, like, what's wrong with this child? So they brought brought her to a doctor and the doctor was listening to them for like 20 minutes and like, OK, you know, why don't you just. Um, step outside. I want to just spend time with with her alone. And so she ends up. Uh, he goes to the radio and he starts um, playing music. And immediately, young Jillian starts dancing, mm. right? Because she's a dancer. Yeah. She's not sick. She's a dancer. And when he told that story, um, the the audience applauded. He wasn't even done yet. And from I've watched a lot of tech talks. I've never seen the audience applaud in the middle of a TED talk. So mm -hmm. clearly that was a very important point that people felt connected with. And I think another really important thing that, that, that we sometimes forget is that, you know, everybody is aligned, not just to different learning styles, you know, auditory, visionary, vision type and, and connected, but we also have eight, eight different intelligences, right? So, right. yeah. Right. And so this, this Jillian, uh, Lynn, she was, she was a, a, a kinetic, you know, a music, a, a body uh, intelligent person. And had she not, uh, had she ended up at a desk job, she would have been miserable for the rest of her life. Oh so my the God. Fact, the fact that she, she was given that opportunity allowed her to become uh, a famous uh, ballet dancer. She then ended up meeting this gentleman called and Andrew Lloyd Webber. And she ended up being his, uh, choreographer for uh, Phantom of the Opera, for Cats, for some of the most beautiful musicals ever made. So that's a story that really shows the power of us um, really understanding that. And, and I wanted to show you guys a book that I just finished reading. I'm not sure if you've seen it, but this is Limitless by Jim Quick. And um, it is really, really cool to see him basically uh, kind of like what we were talking about to say, Schools, uh, you go to schools to learn, but they don't teach you how to learn. Mm -hmm. They just expect you that the road system that they've been using since the industrial age just seems to work for everybody. But that's just not true. Yeah. So if we're able to help our children not just uncover you know, their interests, 
like Esther said, um, but then also to be able to help them understand which, which, what their passions are, what their um, intellectual um, intelligence are. Like I'm a, I'm a interpersonal and intrapersonal. So in, interpersonal, I love communicating with others, but intrapersonal, I'm also very connected with myself, right? But like Monet was a spatial intelligent person. So help help our children, help our young adults really um, really do that. And when I read the book, um, the, the favorite, my favorite part of this book is on page uh, 127, where Jim writes, create a list of the things you value the most. Now pro prioritize that list and think about how this aligns with your definition of yourself. Mm. And right, and that is really that, I mean, the fact that someone as brilliant as Jim Quick um, would essentially uh, kind of validate this approach that I've had with the moral compass for the last 25 years, I is really, I, I, that's so cool to me. Oh my God, you mentioned so many great points and I, I want to kind of just touch a few points. I want to respect everyone's time because I do think, you know, with the social media you were talking about, it is so important that we cultivate that internal self-love, which is something that we really work with our students at Classroom Without Walls because it is so easy for you to be influenced by what other people say or think about you unless you really cultivate this strong sense of who I am and uh, like self-love, self-respect. Yeah. Yeah. It's so, 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 so important. And understanding your core value. And also going back to societal pressure, what I learned is that once we improve who we are, we also need to upgrade our network, you know, our social yes, network. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Puja, I feel like you have come to a new level. So it's time to let go some of the friends the old friend who can't accept this new you, but actually introduce some new friends to your network, right? That's exactly what I did. I let go about some old friends who are like bullying me, think like I'm crazy. No, I have new friends. People like Ricky, like, wow, you know, this is amazing. I'm like, go, go for it, though. Like, you yeah. Know, you dream, like, live the life you deserve. It, it, it makes a huge, huge like difference with like there are so many networks, like, you know, sad sites right now, social media. And we can choose our friends a lot more intentionally than before, you know, without yes. limited by the I, I was going to say the, the moral compass is also a great tool to use for couples. Um, so mm -hmm. let's say a young couple who is about to think about getting engaged and married. You know, I highly recommend they do that, that um, moral compass and then see how it aligns. Because if one of them wants to start a, ma a family immediately and the other one's like, oh, I don't really want to have kids. That's a big red flag. And so you can anticipate potential problems in the future by really looking inward. Yeah, perfect. Great. So uh, here's a comment from Hillary. I don't know. I don't remember the context you were talking about. Is this about the multiple intelligence or like different types of learners? So interpersonal, interpersonal, and yeah. social. Do you remember the context, Randy? Yeah, yeah. So it's it's eight intelligences. Actually, it's it's listed in the book, uh, Limitless. But it's it's you can look it up online. Um, it's, you know, there's spatial, there is uh, mathematics. So Einstein was a mathematician. Wait, I think it's by Howard Gardner. Is it by Howard it's, Gardner? It's, it is originally by Howard Gardner, correct. Yeah, yes. I learned that theory was in graduate school. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, eight types of multiple intelligence by Howard. I'm going to send you a link, but also check out the book, uh, Hillary. And uh, yeah, he talks about eight types of intelligence. Yeah, yeah. I, I think there's like musical, linguistic, and uh, yeah, yeah, great. Exactly. So I want to have one minute left. So I want to quickly ask you, Randy, you know, you are a very successful business uh, person and you also have this really uh, incredible and fulfilling side hustle. So reflect on your life and success. So what do you think are some really important soft and hard skills that you have developed along the way to really help you get to where you are today? I think the best soft skill is empathy, the ability to put yourself in, in others' Uh, shoes. And then the best hard skill for me is grit uh, and perseverance, because that means you don't give up and you find ways you deal with rejection and you always find a way to make it work. So I think those are two key skills um, that I would that would I want to mention. I uh, love it. Awesome. So share with us and uh, where can people learn more about you? I have been sharing your social media handle 
So share with us where can people learn more about you, discover. Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, it's um, you can uh, ping me on uh, LinkedIn or you can uh, email me at randy at noliferegrets.com or you can go to my website, uh, noliferegrets.com. Um, there are the videos that I had mentioned, which I did last year for LinkedIn. And there's some testimonials. And then there's also, you know, a description of how I can help individuals as well as groups. That's awesome. That's great. Yeah. So thank you so much for a really fun, uh, really nice, uh, incredible interview. And I appreciate you. Everyone definitely check out Randy, check him out on his website, watch those videos. And thank you so much for joining us live from all over the globe for staying up late or getting up super early. <laughs> I appreciate you. And I hope you are uh, going to have a great weekend or enjoy the rest of your day. And uh, I hope to see you again next Friday. Same time, same location. Remember, the best education happens outside the classroom. Thank you right. so much again, Randy. Bye, Thank everyone. Bye-bye.